This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 4th, 2016. What's in a name? Given by Dave Rosenblatt, disciple member. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Morning. morning. We're going to start church today with a little activity here. I have a question for all of you. Do you know why you have the name that you have? How many people here know why they have the name that they have? So a few of us, right? Well, when doing some research for this morning's message, I, of course, consulted Google, right? Um, when searching for what to name your baby, I found there's a lot of opinions out there. Guess how many? A lot, right? Millions. 47 million. That's a lot, that's a lot of opinions, right? Everything from the baby name quiz on moms365.com to the baby name style article on parents.com to today.com, who in 2014 had a very disconcerting piece on nine things I wish I knew before I named my baby. At the end of the list, they determined that whatever name you came up with for your child was fine. However, I found some rather unusual names that I'd never heard of before. Some of the different names that I had ran across that I had never heard were for girls, Disney, Erie, like Lake Erie, Ikea, yeah, right, money, and Price, P-R-Y-C-E. Richard, yes, Richard for a girl. Shady, Stony, Vegas, and Unique, Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E. Some different names I'd never heard of before, right? And guys didn't get off any easier because those boys' names that I found were Carrion, Emperor, Hamlet, Maximum, Messer, God bless you, Patch, Rambo, and one of my favorites for my friend Randy back there, for your Star Wars fans, Vader. I'm just glad Lori and I are done having kids and we don't have to worry about naming them. My name is Dave Rosenblatt, and I'm a sinner saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we just thank you so much for bringing us here this morning, Lord God. Open up our hearts today, God, that we might hear something that would stir us up, Lord. Um, settle us in. Let us not worry about what's going on after church, our plans, Lord. Center us. Open up our hearts that we might learn something about you, Lord and um, in turn, about ourselves. We thank and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So what's in a name, right? As we read in the Old Testament, in Genesis 5, verses 1 through 2, read it with me. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. He named them mankind, Adam, when they were created. So God named the man Adam. And the name Adam, or Adam in Hebrew, is actually Hebrew for mankind or red. 
And if you can see, it looks kind of similar in characters. I know not, maybe not many folks here read Hebrew, but the word Adam looks like the word Adama, at least in English. Now, Adama is a Hebrew word that means earth, dust, dirt, red ground, or red clay. So not only is the name Adam or Adam taken from the name Adama or word Adama, but we read in scripture that Adam, the man, mankind, was taken from the ground. So I actually read an article, I'm, I'm a Googler, I read an article which described where Cornell University engineers actually did research and they found something in the ground, in the dirt, in the clay. There's these things called hydrogels. And what they found out is these things, these hydrogels, they actually support life, the formation of life in the ground. So not only, again, does the word Adam in, in the Bible come from the, the word Adama for earth, but science backs up the fact that man was taken, or mankind was taken from the ground. That's pretty cool. So Adam named all the creatures on the earth, and whatever he called them, that was their name. Adam and Eve had dominion over all the earth and everything they named. So why do we name things? Well, first of all, it's biblical. God named things, and whatever he called them, that's what they were called. According to Wikipedia, naming things is part of a general human communication using words and language, which helps us map the world around us onto something that we can understand or something that we can grasp, right? For example, if I say, don't step on the blue suede shoes. Sorry for the music there. Um, you guys think of who? Elvis, right? For those of you younger than 40, that was Elvis, right? Uh, an MIT study shows that whether you see something firsthand or you think about it or you touch it, your brain perceives it all in the same way. To your brain, it's the same thing. So when we name something, we can fully grasp it or understand it. And the idea of naming things helps us to understand the world around us. So, for example, if I describe a rectangular piece of paper, oh, about this big, you know, and uh, green ink on the front, or green ink on it with George Washington's picture on the front, you think of a dollar, right? A buck. And so as far as your brain's concerned, I just gave you each a dollar. So you're welcome. So what do names mean? Well... My wife, Pastor Lori, her name's equivalent in Hebrew means burden bearer. And if you know me, well, you get the idea. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Right? And as my name, Dave or David, in Hebrew, that means beloved. As a matter of fact, if your name has E-L, like Michael, Michael Gabriel in it, the E-L means that your name has something to do with God. Because the name E-L or the suffix E-L means God. So that's pretty cool. In the Old Testament, names were especially meaningful. And a change of name meant a change of status. So one of the, th the stories that we know about with that change of status is Abram, whose name means exalted father, and his wife Sarai, whose name means princess. Well, they had their names changed after 
God made his promise to Abram that Abram would be the father of all the nations of the earth. When we receive God's promise, promise, God gives us new names too. So Abram became Abraham, the exalted father of many, and Sarai became Sarah, ruling princess, because kings literally descended from that family line. Their son Isaac, if you remember in Scripture, his name meant laughter because Sarah laughed when God told her that she would give birth to his son even though she was unable to conceive. So to name something means that you fully understand it. Jews to this day will still not speak God's unspeakable name for two reasons. One, for fear of profaning it And two, because we can't fully understand God. God's many names can shine only a tiny light on the hundreds of aspects, or infinity aspects, right, of how great he is. As a matter of fact, ChristianAnswers.net has a list of over 900 names, 900 different names for God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit just in the Old and New Testament. That's a lot of names. In the Bible, names also indicated your inheritance and what belonged to you. God's original covenant with Abram was of land and descendants. The 12 tribes of Israel each got a portion of the promised land passed down to them. It would be their inheritance for that family line for all time. Property passed down the paternal or the father's side of the line. So your name told others who your family was, and what belonged to you. Inheritance laws are still enforced all around the world, even in this country to this day. Names also describe our history. Let's do an exercise here. Anybody with the last name Smith? Or Johnson? Well, Smith... Smith, okay, there's the Smith. Well, your, your family line, your ancestors could have been a metalsmith or a, a metal worker or a blacksmith, right? Johnson, Johnson means John's son. John's ton means John's town. Williams was the son of William. And Jones is a medieval variant of John. There you go, Alan. And brown meant someone's skin eyes, or hair was brown. Pretty straightforward, right? Names also tell others about us. For example, our pastors here all have the prefix reverend in front of their name. We know the title MD stands for medical doctor. A CPA is a person you definitely want to have doing your taxes. And if the guy that's working on your teeth doesn't have a DDS after their name, I'd go check out another another dentist. So these names let others know that this person has invested a significant amount of time and effort to be known by that name. And it makes up an important part of their lives. Names also tell others what we do. For example, I'm known at work as an IT manager, which means I work with information and technology. Other names that you may have or know others by could be sous chef, teacher, mechanic, bus driver, and so on. 
Names also describe our relationship to others. Now these could be family relationships, school relationships, friends, or perhaps work relationships. For example, I'm a husband, a brother, a son, a son-in-law, a stepdad, and a friend. What names do we call ourselves? Now, we've been talking about the positive aspects or definitions of names. But the ugly truth is that there are names that we call ourselves that we were never meant to have. Failure. Orphan. Alcoholic. Thief. Weak. Ex-con. Widower or widow. Addict. Fat. Pervert. Worthless. Undeserving. Abandoned. Useless. Insignificant. Divorcee. Too old. Too young. Not enough. Stupid. Liar. Now, as Carrie mentioned a few weeks ago, those old tapes and messages can shape our lives. Guys, in not a good way. For example, I've struggled most of my life with a negative body image. The enemy whispers these lies and negative things into our ears and everything around us in the world around us. TV, magazines, ever read something at the newsstand at the grocery store? Billboards, all these things reinforce those negative messages and those negative names. Since they impact who we become later in life, we need to be very, very cautious, guys, of the names that we listen to. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So if I walk around tomorrow with the name loser, I'm not going to have a very fulfilling day. So, guys, we need to do away with names like incomplete, guilty, hopeless, selfish, victim, doubter, weak, inferior, condemned. Ugly, workaholic, sick. We tend to live our lives through these tapes and messages. We were never meant to carry the load of those names or the negative messages that they create. A couple of months ago, Carrie and Alan preached a sermon where they examined who told you that? 
don't know if you guys remember that message. Who told you that? Who told you those names were your names? It wasn't God. God didn't tell you those names are your names. They're not your names. Those lies, those names come from the enemy who only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. They did not come from God. So I want you to do an exercise with me. Take both hands, put them out like this in front of you, with your palms up, right? Spread your fingers apart and put your pinkies together, okay? Now take your fingers and put them in front of your eyes like this. Make sure you can see through your fingers, right? <laughs> so guys, that's what those lies do. They're the filter. That's what those names are. They're the filter that we see the world through when we listen to those names. You can take your hands down now. Or you can leave them up if you want. That's fine. Uh, I wear glasses. And eventually I forget. Sometimes I'm, I'm walking through the house. I'm like, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? And I don't realize they're on my face because I'm so used to looking through them. Anybody here relate who has glasses, right? A couple of us, right? Because sometimes we get so used to the negative names that we call ourselves, we don't even realize what we're saying about ourselves. But there's good news. That all changes with Jesus. Once we ask him into our hearts, he recreates us from the inside out. He's the potter. We're the clay. We're the work of his hands. He reshapes us and he remolds us. We become something new and therefore we get a new name. So what new names does God call us by? God calls us chosen. We're the apple of his eye. We go from loser, not good enough, broken and hopeless, to sons and daughters of the Most High God. God removes our hands, those filters from our eyes that we see ourselves through, and he sees us through the eyes of Jesus. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians verse 5, 17, chapter 5, verse 17, read with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone the new is here. Those sick are made well. Those condemned are forgiven. Those less than or not good enough are made whole. And we are good enough, folks. We are. Jesus says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, that he who is seated on the throne is saying, says, I am making all things new. That includes new relationships with God, ourselves, and all those around us. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, read it with me. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Guys, not only are we sons and daughters of God, but we become brothers and sisters in Christ. God gives us a new name and renews our lives through a relationship with him by accepting Jesus, his son, into our hearts. If you already have a relationship with Jesus, that's awesome. 
Ask him to show you how to live as sons and daughters of God. Ask him how to love him as your heavenly father and in what new ways you can express it to him and others. Now, I know some of us might not have had a great relationship with our fathers. I used to have issues trusting my earthly father, but because of Jesus, I can see my earthly father, and I can see those around us and around me through new eyes. And I can see Jesus as a loving, good, good father. Now, if you don't know Jesus, today's the day. Today could be your spiritual birthday. All you have to do, folks, is ask him into your hearts with a really simple prayer by saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I believe you died for me and you want to guide my life. Come into my heart today and give me my new name as a son and daughter of the Most High God and show me a new way of life, your way. I choose you today as my Savior. So every week here at Connection, we ask a question, what about you? So what about you? What names are you going to listen to? Our challenge is to see ourselves through God's filter and not our own. Imagine, guys, how much different your lives could be, how much different your families could be, your schools could be, your workplace could be, the Wawa, you know, the hardware store. How, how much different could our interactions be if we see ourselves and others through those new names? If we see people, we see the world around us starting with ourselves with those new names. As believers of Jesus, we all Everybody gets a new name that God gives us. He calls us chosen, his children, and his friend. He calls us his treasured possession, beloved, spotless, and sees us without any blemish. He calls us flawless. Flawless, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened to you, those names don't belong to you because God sees us all as flawless. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for tearing away those things that aren't us, Lord God, for reminding us who we're not, Lord, and who we are. We're not those things the world says. We're not those things our past tells us. We're not those things that we've done. We're not those things that we think. We're, we're those things that you say that we are. You say that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. You call us yours. You call us treasured. You call us flawless. We thank you most of all for your flawless son, Jesus. For his name means God saves, and he saves us. And it's in his name that we pray. And all Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people.